Welcome to another dynamic word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for my word today? All right. <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about the Trinity. Okay, in light of, and in a moment, we will get to the subject of the Antichrist. And we're just going to take a, a route of getting to the Antichrist in a little different way. But let me throw a scripture in here to begin with, if I might. It's not one that, uh, that is in my notes today. But let me just throw it in here in, in, in 1 John the second chapter in verse 18, they uh, won't have it for you probably up here on the screen or they might scramble and get it, I don't know. But listen to what uh, John, the elder apostle in perhaps his 90s, maybe near 100 years old, listen to what he wrote as he was in the city of Ephesus just uh, in that special time period at the end of that first century of the church. Little children, he wrote, it is the last hour, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. A very interesting subject, the subject of the Antichrist. A very interesting uh, a, 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 a conversation to have with people, and there are so many varied considerations, especially where shall they come from, who are they, what's their name, and what's going on. I mean, what will happen in these end times? Am I going to be here? Is the church going to be here? Well, in a moment, we will begin to go through some of those things, but realize that the Apostle John here was identifying himself to be in the very last hours of the age of God, given by the fact that there were many antichrists already in the world. Wow. And because of that, the Great Commission looms loud which will be, as we begin our look at the Trinity, and I will not finish this today, I will have to continue it next Sunday, but in Matthew the 28th chapter and in verse 19, Jesus giving us what we understand as His last words, we call the Great Commission, and the reason that Jesus gave us this great commission is the very thing that John the Apostle said. Because we are in the last hour, because things are critical, things have been critical for at least 1900 years Things are, are, are very critical on the world scene and on the eternal scene. Jesus giving us his last words before he ascends into heaven. He says to his disciples and to you and me, Go ye therefore, because of the criticalness of the hour, because of the need that we see in the earth, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Make disciples of all nations. That is the impetus of this scripture. 
if we were to understand how these concepts, how these scriptures, how these verses, how these passages are put together in their original language, we would understand that every passage, every thought has a main thought. And everything else in that verse or everything else in that scripture or everything else in that passage is tributary to the main consideration. It's like the main subject. And if we do not understand the main subject of each passage, of each verse, if we do not understand what Jesus is talking about here, then all the other things are are apt to be misunderstood because we've got to focus on what Jesus was focused on and everything else he has said holds weight only because it is connected to that main thought. Jesus here saying, Go ye therefore... You know, many people have preached on go. I have preached on go. In fact, two-thirds of God is go. And if you aren't going, you may not be, you know, doing what God said. However, go is not the main theme of this particular instruction. Going is only tributary. Going is only a part. Going is only a way to contribute to what Jesus wants done. And going does not necessarily mean going into all the world. This going is connected to going to your neighbor, going to the grocery store, going to work. It is a going. It is a life. It is a living. It is an unfolding of your life. Therefore, allow your life to unfold in such a manner that you are making disciples of all nations teaching all nations. That is the main theme of this whole verse, of this whole admonition, of the whole great commission. Baptizing them. There is no magic in baptism. You can go around and baptize a thousand people that don't even know Jesus. Hello? You can go all over the world and baptize millions And never make one disciple and miss the Great Commission. Miss what Jesus is telling you to do. Miss the whole point of this critical hour that we are in. Baptizing them. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son And of the Holy Spirit. You see, if I were to give you my first point this morning concerning the Trinity, I would tell you that there is a Holy Trinity. Jesus is explaining this with his last words. He tells us the importance of the hour we are in, what we must do to make disciples. It's encouraging us to let our life unfold in a predictable manner so that we are leaving 
uh, uh, disciples behind us wherever we go and that we are baptizing, we are immersing them, we are completely uh, uh, capturing them, separating them unto a relationship with this holy trinity in the name, under the authority, by the commission of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There is a holy trinity. The Holy Trinity is the Father. There is a Father God. There is someone in heaven that Jesus was praying to while he was on earth. Hello. I know that this is not uh, in agreement with every doctrine that's being taught in pulpits around the world today. However, we at Church on the Rock, we believe in a holy trinity. We believe that there is a Father God. And this Father God is an individual identity as a Father. And He's chosen to present Himself as a Father. He is Jehovah God. He is eternal. He is invisible. He is all-knowing. He's all-present. God the Father is the creator of everything you see and everything you do not see. There is a Father and there is no other God. There is one God. His name is Jehovah and He is the Father of all. There is not another God. This is a very important tenet of Christianity and of believing in Almighty God. Almighty God is just not one more God you add to your group of gods. In fact, not every religion can be true. There will come in these last days one of the deceptions of the Antichrist will be to say that all religions and all pathways lead to God. That is a lie of the devil. Almighty God declares there are no other gods. The Apostle Paul wrote to us and said, Why would you be worried about what is sacrificed to another god? Because there are no other gods. Almighty God, Jehovah, the Father. There is a Son. Now, the way to know that someone else's God and your God are not the same God is because most likely someone else's God does not have a son. Hello. When we talk to people from some other religion, just ask them, tell me about your God's son. Oh, my God doesn't have a son. Then my God and your God are not the same God. Don't be confused. Okay? Allah does not have a son. Jehovah, it's all he can talk about. Hello. There is a son. Okay? Buddha does not have a son. It's all Jehovah can talk about. We do not have to push down other religions but we do need to lift ours up 
Jesus said, I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. We need to lift up the fact that our God has a son. It's all he can talk about. And he gave his only begotten son on the cross of Calvary. And the perfect sacrifice of the son of God saved my soul and paid for my sins without which I am lost for eternity. The Son of God, His name is Jesus in our language. He is the Word of God. He was preexistent with God in the heavens, and by Him and for Him, God made all things. And He lives forever as King of kings and Lord of lords, and makes intercession for me. And one day he will come again and bring the church home with him and marry her as a bride. He will rule and reign upon this earth. He is the Son. There is a trinity. There is the Father. There is the Son. These are the basic tenets of our faith. And there is a Holy Spirit of God. A Holy Spirit of God. The very breath of God. In the Hebrew, the Ruach of God. In the Greek, the Pneuma of God. There is a breath of God that carries the God nature. There is a very spirit, a very life, a very nature of God that covers the earth, shining like a light, giving life to the earth, without which we know no light, we know no life, and without that Holy Spirit, we do not know love. Light, life, and love from this Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. He is our guide. He is our teacher. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, living in our hearts, our Savior, our brother, our friend. And God is love. This is the Holy Trinity. The book of Revelation in the 20th chapter and the 10th verse, as we shift gears now. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Remember I told you there is a holy trinity. The Father Jehovah, the Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Well, there is also an unholy trinity. 
There is an unholy trinity that begins and is delineated there in Revelation chapter 20 and in many other places. But verse 10 delineates this unholy trinity. Number one, as the devil. There is a devil. Do you know it amazes me that some churches, some pastors in America and around the world... They actually do not believe in a personal devil and they do not believe in a literal hell. This concerns me because they do believe in Jesus, but why in the world would a loving God ever send His Son to die on a cross to save me from something that did not exist? You believe it all or you cannot imagine... Jesus was liar our Lord. He cannot be a good person. There is an unholy trinity, the devil. We also know the devil in the scriptures as that old dragon. We know him as the serpent. We understand him as Satan. He is the fallen archangel of God. That cherubim that covered at one time, created by God, iniquity found in him, and was cast out of heaven. The devil. He is the head of the unholy. Holy Trinity. He is the prince of darkness and the prince of this world. The devil is the enemy of your soul. He is the head of this unholy trinity. He is the father of all lies and he is doomed forever to hell and the lake of fire. There is no salvation. That is a bad doctrine. Ultimate reconciliation is a false doctrine. There is no salvation for the devil. God is plain. He will be in the lake of fire forever and forever. His spirit, the spirit of of the devil, the spirit of that old dragon, the spirit of the serpent, the spirit of Satan, the spirit of that fallen archangel of God, that spirit is an unholy spirit, and that unholy spirit is the spirit of the Antichrist that is now in the world that John spoke of. We know it is the last hour because the spirit of the Antichrist is now in this world and that's how we know we are living in a critical time for all eternity because the spirit of this dragon, the spirit of this serpent, the spirit of Satan, the fallen archangel of God, this spirit of the Antichrist is now in the world. Look at 1 John, the fourth chapter. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, 
John was writing in about the year 100. And even now already is, is it in the world. The spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit that does not confess that Jesus is Lord is presently in the world. The Antichrist is presently in the world doing its best to deceive people into believing that Jesus Christ is not the Lord of all glory trying to make people think that he does not exist, that he was a figment of our imagination, or that he was born of someone else, or that he was not really the Son of God, or that somehow he is not Lord of all. That is the spirit of the Antichrist. To say that Jesus is a teacher or a prophet of some other religion is the spirit of of the Antichrist, and it is not of God. How much more plain could the Word of God be? The devil is the spirit of the Antichrist. The devil breeds hatred. This spirit is the permeator, is the progenitor of hatred. If you are living in hatred, you are living according to the designs and to the desires of the Antichrist. The devil, the spirit of the Antichrist, speaks lies. Why do you think God is so against lying? A part of the Ten Commandments to not be truthful in such a way that it hurts your brother. It hurts other people because God knows that Satan is the father of all lies. The devil deceives individuals. Deception is a work of Satan. To try to lead someone to believe something that is not true so that you can gain some advantage over them is a work of the Antichrist and denies the lordship of Jesus Christ in the life of a believer. The devil kills dreams, divides families, destroys nations. Satan tempts each person to lie and to cheat and to lust and to be jealous and envious and murderous and blasphemous and idolatrous and selfish and unforgiving. These are all works of the Antichrist. Boy, I'm doing some pretty good preaching, aren't I? Don't you wonder where I'm going with this. <laughs> okay. Got to lighten it up here a little bit, okay? Those of you at home and those of you here, turn and talk to somebody real quick so you can kind of shake your head a little bit, all right? Take a deep breath. Come on, breathe with me, all right? <laughs> uh, God good, devil bad. We're in a critical time. 
we're in a critical hour. We do not need to get our doctrine all screwed up at this point. Okay? One of the big deceptions is going to be in the last days that everybody's the same. No, they aren't. And ever God's not. Okay? And it takes Jesus Christ to be born again. And it's always going to teach you. Or you mean you're exclusive? Yes, I am exclusive Jesus. But I'm exclusive Jesus. He's inclusive Jesus. He includes everybody. Whosoever will, lest at any time. He that hath an ear. You can get saved if you want to. Also, you can go to hell if you want to. And those are the only two choices you have. Okay, you ready? Let me see if I can work this fervor back up then. Do <laughs> you know even if people resist the temptations of the devil, the devil is the kind of a devil that will accuse you anyway before God and man? He will. Satan is the first person in this unholy trinity. And his spirit, I want you to understand, his spirit is the spirit of the Antichrist. There's an unholy trinity. Okay? This brings us to the Antichrist. Okay? Let me, let, let, let me tell you a little bit about the Antichrist. Because I'm going to imagine that most of you don't know this. And don't, you, you don't have to say, wow, I didn't know that. Unless you're secure enough to say that. And then you can do that and wear it as a badge of honor. Is that funny? Yeah, because you, 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 you identify with that, right? Okay. I'm not, don't raise your hand, but, uh, you know, I don't know how many people realize that the word Antichrist is not even in the book of Revelation. Not even in the book of Revelation. Interesting, huh? Wow. But, 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 but we talk about him all the time, and we're looking for him, and we're, and he's coming out of the east, and he's coming, I mean, and his name is Jim, by the way, but. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, the word Antichrist and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, the person Antichrist is not even in the book of Revelation, the word Antichrist. It's only mentioned four times in the Bible, and it's just in First and Second John, that's all. And I've read two of those scriptures. Okay. So, uh, but... I want, to, uh, want you to understand here that, that the Antichrist, there will be a person. Now, the Bible is going to call that, in, in, in the book of Revelation, the beast. Okay, We're going to identify it as the Antichrist because of the spirit that is in the beast. But it's, you know, uh, the Antichrist is Satan's top agent. In the earth during the tribulation period, okay? Uh, and, and as I said, we know the Antichrist as the beast in the book of Revelation. Uh, uh, and and uh, it is, the, I'm going to call the Antichrist, is, 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 is a perfectly evil person filled with the power of darkness, with hordes of demons at their command, that fools the nation and 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 you know uh, 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 promises peace, okay, and is filled with this with this spirit of the antichrist, and we know him by the mark of the beast six six six, and we know him because he will erect a statue of himself, an image of himself. 
uh, and and uh, so that everyone can know who he is and 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 uh, and 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 he's to be worshipped. Now we don't know if the image is actually going to be a literal image or if it's going to be an organization or if it's going to be a religion. Okay, there's no way that we can know that. All those things are real possibilities, and people are a lot smarter than me and have studied a lot more than me. They all disagree on it, uh, but. But those who live upon the earth during the tribulation will know, those born-again believers will absolutely know. People who know Christ will know who the personification of that Antichrist spirit is going to be. He will demand to be worshipped. And, and will have great, great, great power. He is the second person in that unholy trinity, the beast. Okay, And this is what the Bible tells us in Revelation 20.10. You remember the, 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 you know, the devil uh, was thrown into the lake of fire along with the beast. And number three, the third person in the holy trinity, un- unholy trinity is the false prophet. The false prophet is that image that is brought to life by the beast, by the power of that Antichrist spirit, and will will force, will make war with the saints, and will force as many people as possible to deny Christ and to worship the beast and take the mark of the beast. And if they don't, they'll not be able to buy or sell. Uh, listen, uh, it, 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 the false prophet, uh, you know, uh, uh, there, uh, many may falsely believe him to be the Jesus of the Quran. Okay? He may be called Jesus. And many people imagine that he will you know, uh, destroy all the crosses and, you know, uh, uh, make war with all the saints and have the power that is, you know, for a limited time, there is a limited time for all of this to take place. Okay? Uh, this false prophet will hunt down and will torture and will kill every believer he can get his hands on if they refuse to deny, to recant and repent of Jesus Christ being their Lord. Uh, he will, he will, the false prophet will absolutely make it almost impossible through deception and through power to resist the mark of the beast. In fact, if the time was not cut short, even the very elect would fall into a potential deception. Isn't that interesting? Does that interest you guys? That interests me. That is, uh, that, uh, well, I, I'm just hoping I'm not going to be here, but I'm not hoping anybody would be here, but somebody's going to be here. But, uh, you know, this, this word is fairly plain. The unholy trinity, however, has only a limited time in which they will make war against the saints and deceive the nation. The end has already been written by God. The unholy trinity. Make no mistake, the Bible clearly teaches that there is a holy trinity. 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and that there is an unholy trinity, the dragon, the beast, the false prophet. And thirdly, the Bible clearly teaches that man is a triune being. You are a trinity. There is a holy trinity, an unholy trinity, and a triune man, and triune man can go either way. Once you understand this triune man, you will have a greater hold on who you are and how you can defeat the devil in your life on a daily basis and his attempts to deceive you. I have been teaching this particular triune man since 1980. It is what I would feel is one of my deepest and most confident subjects concerning mankind and how we interact with this holy and this unholy trinity. 1 Thessalonians, and I'll, I, will, uh, I will be needing to close with this, but 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely or all of you, your wholeness. And I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is God's end goal. Here is God's great hope. That the way he made you as a triune being, as a three-part being, would be preserved blameless. That your spirit, soul, and body would be completely saved and preserved blameless. That's his hope. But something happened. Something happened in the Garden of Eden that has become your worst nightmare, your worst contention. It is the one thing Thing that gives us what the Bible tries to explain gives us such a vulnerability so that the things that we want to do and know we should do are the very things we are unable to do at times. That when we would, with our hearts, desire to do what pleases God, all of a sudden we find ourselves failing in some measure and ending up not pleasing God. I can explain this, and when you see it, it will give you such a handle on what you can do to overcome the attacks, the deceptions, the trials, the temptations, the tribulations of the devil, this unholy trinity, this antichrist. 
and how you can live a victorious life. The rest of this tape will cost you $29. (laughs) I, I love you. You know, I've been here so long. We're family, right? Next week, next week should the Lord tarry, I've I've got to tell you, I've got to explain to you, I I, I long in the face of this holy trinity and this unholy trinity stands our life weighing in the balance and I can share with you how to live victorious and to be what God needs you to be so that you can make disciples in this critical hour. And it's going to be a lot easier than you imagine. Okay? A lot easier. The challenge this morning comes into play for me to ask you simply, have you been born again? You see, it starts with you accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, not just one of the ways. But let me challenge you. Would you try him? What would it hurt for you to simply right now ask Jesus to come into your heart and to show himself alive to you? What would it hurt for you to say, Jesus, show me, Lord. Come into my heart. Save my soul. It's God's desire that your soul be preserved blameless. And it's the soul that died. It's the soul that lost. Your soul without God is a godless soul. We walk every day among godless souls. Dead souls. Godless They need Jesus. That's why he said in his last words, we're in a critical hour. As you go about life, teach other people about me. Make disciples. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.